My other thing of being a good mom is life giving. So working with so many women, so much women and moms, you do not realize the impact you have on your children when you say negative things about yourself. When you say like, I'm fat or I hate my body or I don't look good in the swimsuit or I'm so stupid or I don't know, I'm not smart enough. When you say that, like your children associate that to themselves because they're like, oh, like they look up to you. So they think if you're seeing you that way, that they have to be less than that. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make, but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. In today's episode, I'm thrilled to sit down with Kaylin Poulin, an entrepreneur whose journey is sure to touch many hearts. Alongside her husband, Brandon, Kaylin has beautifully balanced the world of business success with the warmth of a loving home. Come along as Kaylin takes us through her path from a life dominated by work to one where the birth of her children sparked a profound reevaluation of what truly counts. Discover the divine message that led her and Brandon to prioritize family over their bustling business. Our heart to heart touches on the core of intentional parenting, the highs and lows of motherhood, and the pivotal role of self-awareness in our parenting journey. Kaylin opens up about her vision of being a life-giving mother, the dangers of negative self-talk, and the paramount importance of self-love and patience in our roles as parents. Drawing from her childhood memories on a farm, Kaylin shares the values her parents instilled and her own evolution towards a more compassionate parenting style. Let's get started. Okay, you guys, I have got the one and the only Kaylin Poulin on today, and I cannot even believe it. It's so amazing. Kaylin and Brandon have both been so gracious to come on the podcast and and just get to talk to us about what's working for them in their lives as, you know, very busy, incredible entrepreneurs who've built, you know, businesses and sold businesses and done all these amazing things, but yet at the core of who they are and what, you know, they're really been focusing on is, is how do we have that kind of success in our home? Right. And so, Kaylin, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Such a pleasure, a pleasure and a blessing to have you. Yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. I I really appreciate it. I I love this. I I love, you know, it's like getting on podcasts and talking business is great. Like talking shop is awesome. But I feel like I told you this before we went live here. I said, you know, what's a business that you build to success if there's not success in the home? And like, what is more important? And I feel like we got off track with that a couple of years ago. And we were like, wait, we have to get back to like the fundamentals of like, we could build this thing as big as we want. But if we're not having success in our home and striving for success in our home, like we are in our business, like we're, we're missing, like we're doing it wrong. We're doing life wrong. Right. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So talk to us about that because we've got people from all walks of life that are going to be listening here and talk to me about the time where you felt like maybe y'all got a little off track and how you kind of righted the course. Yeah. So for us, you know, we built a huge company. We had 150 employees, 750,000 customers. Um, It did 200 million in revenue, like huge business. We hit Inc. number four, fastest growing company in America, like of all the businesses. It was insane. And um, we actually hit that Inc. number four right after I'd had my first daughter. I think she was like six months old when, when that came out. And, you know, as a mom, like as a, especially like as a first time mom, like you're just realizing how life is changing once you have <laughs> Completely children, right? Like, like all of a sudden, like you have a new lens on life, honestly. And it goes from like, I'm just building this thing to like the biggest I can build it to like, wait, maybe I want to spend some more time with like this tiny human I made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not like an extended family member. Now you have this child that's like looking to you that wants your attention, that wants to learn from you and that you want to be with too, right? Which I didn't yeah. want to be a mom. I did not want to have kids like totally for selfish reasons. When I got married, I don't know, something in me switched. I, all of a sudden I was like, I want to have babies with this man. But <laughs> he he got me there. And, um, you know, Brandon was working like 80 hours a week. I was working 40 to 60 hours a week. And we we're just like building this business. And all of a sudden we have you know, our first daughter. And I'm like, hmm, like, maybe I need to start, you know, like, I need to change some things. Because the way that our life was running before I had kids, like, 
a, a child could not live in that environment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it was just straight grind mode, hustle mode, work our face off, don't do anything else. Like that's all we did. And so I think that's like the first realization I had is was when that happened. And then as we were like having our second daughter, uh, we were having our second daughter and I was pregnant. I was about to have her. And I was just like, what are we doing? Like what mm-hmm. legit, like, what are we doing? We're bringing another child into this crazy environment. We're like work at this point was still the priority. The business was the priority. Like we were run by the business pretty much. Mm-hmm. And all of us were just kind of like trying to hang on, you know, for dear life as this rocket ship is like headed towards the moon. And, you know, as I'm having, after I had my second daughter, I was just like, man, I really like want more time with them. Like we built this Mm -hmm. business. We are entrepreneurs. We became entrepreneurs. We started our own business so that we could have freedom, so that we could have time, so that we do what we want, so we could create our own schedule, um, so we could have the resources to do so. And yet here we are like trapped by this business. And I truly believe, like, I know God told me, I legit know God told me, um, when I was asking him, just like, what are we supposed to do with this God? Like, what am I supposed to do in this situation where I have these two beautiful girls at home? I have 750,000 women that are looking to me to lead them. Like, what Mm. do I do? Like, how is my time split across these things? Like, what is more important? What is the priority? Like lead an army of women you know, to encouragement? Or is it like leading the two women that I'm trying to raise in my Mm -hmm. home? Like, how is my time split? And I really felt like I was like divided um, between these two things. And God was like, you've spent, you know, the last seven years raising up women and encouraging them and showing them who they are and giving them confidence and teaching them to love themselves. When is it time for the two women in your own home to get that piece of you? And I was like, oh, dagger, right? Like dagger straight to the heart because it was so true. Like I had someone picking up my kid and taking her to school every day, right? Mm -hmm. I was like lucky to be cooking. I was door dashing every night dinner because I just, I didn't stop working in time to cook dinner for the family. So we just order food, right? And then put the kids to bed and then like work some more while a show was on. And so after that, I was really like, man, like God was really calling us into a new season into like, okay, like in this next season, Like, it's not going to be this business. Like, it's not going to be this thing. And so a lot of people didn't understand it. A lot of people didn't understand, like, how could you exit, like, at the top of, like, a business? Like, it's it's growth, all all these things that everyone strive for in their life. And I was like, yeah, but the thing I want to strive for is, like, I want to be famous in my own home. I don't care about like being famous on Instagram. I don't care about being famous on Facebook. I'm like everybody knowing my name and walking in the airport. People saying, oh my gosh, it's Lady Boss. Like, I don't care about any of that. Like, I want my kids to know me, how other people know me, how these women know me, right? Like, I want them to have that piece of me and I want to raise them up. So even though it didn't make sense, it's like a huge pivotal season that we went through a year ago exiting that company just to say like, I want to raise my kids. Like, I want them to know me. I want them to know that they're a priority and so is work and working hard. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be drugged by a business. Yes, I want to be able to craft my own ways and my own plans and have time for them and and my own schedule and have that freedom again. So that's kind of like, it was a huge decision for us. And, but I, I think it was the best decision we ever made. Well, and I, and I have to say, because I don't know how many entrepreneurs have ever I mean, in the scale of like all the entrepreneurs ever, like how many have ever had the kind of impact that you had where you had 750,000 women looking to you as your leader? And then I know, you know, whenever you talk about like you can watch stories, I was was actually just listening to a story about Billy Graham and his children. And he had this weight, like Billy Graham was this incredible preacher. And he went out and like impacted hundreds of thousands of lives. Millions Um, and millions. Yeah. Millions, millions. Yeah. And, and, and so, but whenever he was called out of the home, like there was a lot of time he just wasn't at home and goodness gracious. I just think of the weight of that reality of that responsibility and and the gift that, that you've been given with the ability to impact so many people, but then weighing that out and recognizing that home, you know, the kids at home win, right? Like I just have to, you know, hats off to you and, and, and bravo and applause and like all the things you could possibly say, because I don't even understand how to conceptualize truly 750,000 women that you're making an impact on. And then to say- And that's just customers. Yeah. That's just customers. That's not even like the ripple of that and like the social influence. That's just customers. Yeah. But you chose and you made that decision and you sold your business and 
you're able to have the life now that you're that you were shooting for. And I think that that's an encouragement to anybody who's listening because, you know, I think about my responsibilities with the business that I've built and how I get to impact people and what I'm doing. And, you know, it's such as a fraction, (laughs) a mere fraction of the impact that you've made that you literally, you know, intentionally walked away from very intentionally. And that's beautiful, just so beautiful. And I can only imagine what that's going to mean to your girls whenever they hear that, whenever they're older and they yeah, they want, they probably won't appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no big mom. No like, big I gave up everything for you. They'll be like, so, you know, oh, so you should have. <laughs> Hello. Oh my God. Uh, we're the best. Like that's what my kids would say. Probably. Right. Totally. So now with what you've got now, talk to me about like, okay, so you sold, you sold the business. Um, and you're able to recreate that life. And so what are some of the decisions that you've made now with your kids? And I understand Braylon, uh, Brandon mentioned that you are one heck of a cook and oh, you yeah. were in there making dinner. He said, you compete with the top chefs and like, he'd rather have your food than, you know, be eating <laughs> out. Yes. Than eating out a restaurant. Cause it's just so good to have your home cooked meals. And so what are some of the things that you are prioritizing right now as a mom? Yeah, I think, um, well, if I just started like the head of the head of the day, I would say definitely like we get up and my daughter usually wakes up. My my oldest wakes up pretty early, like 630, seven o'clock. And I'll be like working out up here and she'll come up here and like work out with me um, up in the gym. And then uh, we have breakfast together and we send them off every day and like take them to school. Or if we have early meetings, like my, my nanny will help and, and take them to school. But it, it's so funny because like every morning we're like, make it a great day. How are you going to make it a great day today? And like Romeo will like recite back to me, like, I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to be kind to people and I'm going to be like Jesus and I'm going to be happy. And no matter what happens, like I'm going to figure it out. And I'm like, yes, you know, and it's oh. like those little moments of time that I'm just like sticking in and present for. Um, and so like even little things like having breakfast, go, like I'm not really a breakfast eater. I'll have a shake. But like we sit there as a family and have breakfast, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then throughout the day and I have lunch with my two year old daughter almost every day. Like I'll come out of my office from whatever we're working on and building and we have lunch together with her <laughs> as a family, like every single day. And then um, I love cooking at night. So now I'm like cooking every night for the last what like year and a half. Probably I've cooked every like every single night minus date night. Brandon wow. On date night. I don't let him cook in the house. You know, he might say I'm a really good cook, but he can basically make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that's about it. But, uh, and I, I think some of the cool stuff that we've done is just being really intentional on the time that we spend with our kids. So every Saturday, there's like family activity day. And our four-year-old will pick what we do for that family activity, which is really cool because it kind of gives her the freedom to be like, this is what I want to do. And we're like, okay. And then once our two-year-old is old enough, like she'll have a say in that, right? And they'll be able to like, put it if they can't agree we'll put it in a hat and we'll draw right but just aligning that way as a family and saying like okay like these hours are about you guys Mm -hmm. and so then it's like there's so much like less pressure during the week too for them of like attention because they know Saturday is coming we're literally going to spend all of Saturday together that even when my four-year-old is homesick from school she's like what are we going to do Saturday like it's always a topic (laughs) of conversation you know and then we have trips planned with them and and we let Romy pick what trips we go on and so this weekend we actually go to the the surf park that was a her and Brandon like decision that we're going to the the surf park and then we're going to some hotel where there's like giraffes that come eat out of the windows and stuff because that's what she picked for like next quarter's family trip and so I've been really intentional about what to do last quarter we went to the beach we drove three and a half hours from from Austin to Port Aransas because Romy was like, I want to go to the beach for this family vacation. We're like, okay, how do we get to a beach without having to like make it a big thing? Oh, we could just <laughs> drive, right? Okay. And so we took them there and it was like their trip and their thing and all about them. Um, And it, it's been just really awesome being able to do that. Mm, I love that so much. So I, I'm really curious along the lines of, because all of those things that you're talking about are all, all very intentional and sound like that you've got a good hold on, on rhythms in, in your family and yeah, we try. Yeah. And establishing (laughs) anchors. Yeah. As much as you can with crazy things are going, cause you guys are currently building businesses and I'm right now, cause I know you're doing some things with lady boss, right? Like you've sold that company, but you're still doing some things as their avatar. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, we're working with seven, eight figure founder led companies that want to scale to 10 million. And so we're basically taking everything that we did at Lady Boss and all of our know-how 
and just kind of plugging in both sides. Like Brandon's very much operational. I'm very much marketing sales. And so it's like, boom, we just like collide on a business. Um, And so that's been like super, super fun. Okay. So I just want to make sure that that's there because um, I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day. And, you know, whenever we come on this podcast uh, or and, and I'm having these conversations with people, we talk a lot about all the things that we can do, right? And sometimes people get, or at least in this one episode for my friend, she mentioned, she was like, well, I had no takeaways. All only takeaways I had was that this person was incredible and I am not. And so <laughs> yeah. I want, I want people to hear like you, you are still doing all of those things and you're still working hard to prioritize the things that you've mentioned that you're doing with your family. And mm-hmm. that's not always easy, right? No. No, we were the worst at it. I'm like, I'm the first to spill all the imperfections. So I'm like, Stephanie, whatever is just ask me. I'm imperfect <laughs> at like everything. I'm like figuring this crap out. You know what I mean? Like as I go. <laughs> well, I feel you. I think we we all feel that. And, and that's the reason the this podcast is called The Powerful Parenting Journey is because it is so freaking ongoing. There is no like, there's no true. I mean, I believe the Bible is a great manual to go by for parenting, but like there's no like line by line, play by play. This is what you need to do. And I think it's beautiful because Technically, that that's not even possible because every child is different by design. And mm-hmm. so it's so important for us as the parent to understand that so that we take our role very seriously because what works for one kid doesn't necessarily work for another kid, hands totally down. True. It's it's the craziest thing. Totally true. Um, and so it's we're on this journey together and none of us are perfect. But I'm I'm really curious about uh two things that come to mind. So one is Kaylin, whenever you think about being a good mother like particularly those words, a good mother, what, what does that mean to you? Like, I know it's kind of broad, but it's, it's intentional. But like, whenever you think about if I'm a good mother or I want to be a good mother, who is a good mother? Like what, what does, what does the words good mother mean to you? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. Stephanie, look at you. I'm trying to hold back tears already. Are you, you're trying to get at me? I'm like, holding <laughs> it back. I'm holding it back. Um, for Let me, I really think, I really think it's like being intentional. Cause like being like present is one thing and it seems so like tangible of time that it's like even for the moms out there that are like me two years ago a year and a half ago that it was I was short on time but I was high on intention Mm. intention of the time am I like am I pouring into them am I doing like hooked on phonics or watching the show they want to watch or am I like helping teach them or taking them alongside me or letting them sit there and like play with my makeup while I'm doing makeup and like doing her eyebrows while I'm doing my eyebrows. Like I try to be intentional in every moment because I feel like that's like a huge, a huge piece of it. I think, I think, um, kindness and patience for sure, like patience for me. And like, I have zero empathy in my body. I'm not a very compassionate person. Naturally. I'm not, I'm not. And I've had to like train this into me, especially with children, because with women, I can very much be so like, get it done. Like, let's go. And that's what people love about me. But with our kids, we can't be that way. And so Mm -hmm. I've had to learn this like patience and kindness. Right. And not just like by force things like you can't just force children to do things. Right. Can you think of an Um, example to like bring that home for everybody? Oh, with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause I can think of a couple of my own life. My child. Right. She, her room is a mess or they literally just destroyed the toy room. Okay. I could be like, I could easily be like, you guys made such a freaking mess. You have to clean it up right now. Like clean it up. I can very like that is what my natural self wants to do and say. And that's also how I was parented. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what my natural self wants to do. Like the flesh wants to do. Right. Right. And so then I really started thinking about it because I'm like, number one, I don't want to talk to my kids that way. And I don't Mm -hmm. want them to have that experience of me. And sometimes that slips out a lot. Okay. Like that slips out a lot. It happens a lot. And I kind of try to retract it and I say it a different way. I'm imperfect. Like I said. And um, then I started telling my daughter when she'd help me clean up, she does a really good job, my four-year-old. And so I started telling her instead, oh my gosh, like, okay, we're done playing in the toy room. It's time to like go down and have dinner. I'm almost done with dinner. And then I'd say, you know, Romy, you are the best cleaner of anyone that comes in this house and people that clean the house or Anna, like you are the best cleaner and you're way better than me. Like you are such a great cleaner. Do you think really quickly that you could pick up the toy room because you're the best at it before we have dinner. And then it's like, now I've like appreciated something that truly she has a gift for. She is a great cleaner. That's not a lie. But now I've positively affirmed her instead of being like, you guys made a mess. This is awful. Pick it up. Blah, blah. I don't want to see this type of mess again. 
and every bin in the house has been dumped out up here. It's almost like shocking how yeah. much how much they can destroy in such a little bit of time, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then I go down to finish dinner and I come up to check and like everything is put back where it needs to be. Everything is spotless. She's vacuuming the floor. Wow. And I'm like, aha, this works because each of your children is different. And my two year old, that is absolutely not going to work for <laughs> with her. OK, she does not care. Um, But with Romy, it's like I found that with for her, if I positively affirm her and like you're great at this or you're the best at this or you do such a good job, she will do it just because like she wants you to be proud. Right. And so that's like a perfect example that now is like common in my house every day now is just like, Romy, you're so good at this. You're such a great cleaner. Will you help me clean up after dinner? And she's like, yep, absolutely. She's scraping the plate. She's washing the dishes. I'm like, I need a Romy. I didn't, I have four children, four children and I don't have a Romy. Not yet. Well, I mean, she is half my, my husband. So that's where it comes (laughs) from. Definitely not me. That's where it's coming from. So <laughs> you bring up a really great point. So like in how we're parented, there are these things that pretty much get imprinted on us. And and like, we can totally change them. I believe that we can always work on who we are and how we show up in our life. But man, it's so hard whenever the first 18 years of your life, you were exposed to a certain parenting style. And then you're coming in and you're talking to your kids. And for me, I- Or you would never talk to them that way. You swore, I'm never going to talk to my kids this way when I have kids. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to be like my parent. Like you swear all those things and you find yourself doing it. Do you remember? I don't know if you have this experience or not, but I remember when my mom was disciplining me whenever I was a little girl, I would be looking at her and I'd be saying all the right things. But in my mind, I'm going, I will never be like you. Like I was so angry and, and so just frustrated and hurt because- she would fly off the handle, you know, yeah. and, and I didn't feel seen and I didn't feel heard. And, and I, I know that. So my kids are five, 10, 15, I'm sorry, five, 15. Oh my good gravy. My kids are 10, <laughs> 15, 17 and 21. Whew. Um, and so I've got the span there. Right. And so like whenever my 21 year old was really small, I remember in my first at the beginning of the parenting journey, I thought the answer was you you are on them. Like you, if there's a misbehavior, then you get on that. Like you don't let that slip because if you do X, Y, Z is going to happen. And, and it wasn't necessarily that my mom actually modeled that, but the way that I, I, cause I thought that I needed to be that way. But the way that that came out whenever he was young was very stern. And I felt like it had to be, and boy, don't, don't get me wrong. I was super loving and coddling and all of that. But like, if yeah, you, but you switch like this. Wrong, oh yeah, yeah. Bam. Like I'm brought like the bipolar. Fire. Yeah. And, and, oh my gosh, if I didn't recognize that it was not working (laughs) and I felt terrible. I mean, sometimes I'd get the behavior, but I wouldn't have his heart. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I strive for as a mother is, you know, I feel like, like if we talk about what is a good mother and, and I think that's a very personal question that everybody needs to be asking themselves. Fortunately for me, I got in touch with, I started learning from this one wonderful woman named Sally Clarkson years ago. Um, through a series of events, I found out about an event she put on every year. She no longer does them and it breaks my soul. Like I loved her events and you'd go and you would hear from these women. And it was like a retreat to where you could go just for moms. It was called mom heart. And you would go and you would just get infused with hope and vision for, for who you are as a mom. And, and every year when I went to that event, I would ask myself, what does it mean for me to be a good mother? And what does this child need versus what does this child need? And I would really think about that and pray about that and ask God. And and then I would walk away from that event feeling like, okay, I got this. Like, I've got a plan. You know, I know who I am. I know who I want to be. But it wasn't until, you know, with, with my firstborn, I started to recognize, like, I have his attention. I actually have his obedience. But do I really have his heart? And I know that the big battle, the actual parenting battle is not to get obedience or to have them act a certain way, but it is the heart. It's the connection. And, and that's one of the very most important things. And so striving to watch out for those things in our lives so that it doesn't undermine everything we actually want as a mother. Right. Yeah. When I have to, I have two more on my list. Yeah. Give them to me. I would, I would say my other, my other thing of being um, a good mom is life giving life giving. So working with so many women, um, so much women and moms, you do not realize the impact you have on your children when you say negative things about yourself. When you say like, 
I'm fat or I hate my body or I don't look good in the swimsuit or I'm so stupid or I don't know, I'm not smart enough. When you say that, like your children associate that to themselves because they're like, oh, like they look up to you. So they think if you're seeing you that way, that they have to be less than that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are an authority in your household and your children think you and your husband or their father is literally like superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. Like, especially Mm -hmm. when they're real young. And so when you're speaking those things over yourself and you're in the mirror and you're saying things to you of like, oh, I look so dumb in this and oh, this, you know, I'm, I've gained so much weight and I'm bad now. And like, you know, you're not confident in yourself and, and you're saying those types of negative things like your children think, oh, if that's what mom thinks about herself, then I must be less than that. Mm. Right. So imagine that like your children are what they're receiving from you and your communication about you and yourself is that, wow, if mom's, if mom's thinking that and seeing that, then like. I know I'm not as good as mom. I'm not as brave as mom. I'm not as courageous as mom. I'm not as cool as mom. Like, I'm not as smart as mom. So I must be dumber than she thinks she is dumb. Because if mom thinks she's dumb, or if mom thinks she's fat, then I have to be like twice that, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, you're you not only speaking that over yourself, you're speaking that into your children. And so for me, I'm always like, every date night, I'll walk out in my outfit in front of Romy and Brevlin. I'm like, look, mommy looks so pretty. Like, I'm feeling so good. Like, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking great for date night with daddy, blah, blah. And that they're hearing me speak positively over myself. Mm. Even if in that moment, I'm like, oh, like I'm all bloated because I'm on my period or whatever. Right. And I'm not feeling that hot. Like they will never hear that from me, from my mm. perspective about myself. I'll be like, oh, I, I, we just had an event last week. And I, as soon as I got home, I told Romy, mommy did such a great job. Everyone said that it was amazing. Like I'm speaking life over myself and my children because they're like, wow, like I want to do that one day. There's not a negative association because of my experience with something for my children. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, how do you speak life over yourself and then speak it over your children of things that don't have to do with like their appearance. Right. Yes. And so instead of being like, you're so pretty or that outfit is so cute or your hair looks so nice today. Like I try to never say those things. I try to never say those things because I always said over me and it was always like, that's what was important. And mm-hmm. I had to, I had to have the cutest hairstyle or, or the cute clothes. And if I didn't, like I didn't measure up to other kids. So I always try to speak over her. You're so smart. You're so intelligent. You're so kind. You're so brave. Um, uh, you're, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? You're so yes. unique. You have amazing gifts and talents. Like I'm speaking those things over her because then it's not associated with her appearance. Like maybe she goes through an ugly duckling phase. And when she does, when her appearance isn't how it is now as a four-year-old, then what does that do to her worth about herself and her like enoughness about herself? Because the measuring stick was always used by appearance Mm -hmm. and not by like what's actually on the inside of the things that we're trying to grow in our children. That's what I want to speak over. And I want her her to measure herself based on her kindness and her Mm -hmm. courageousness and her fearlessness, right? I want her to measure herself on those types of things, not on her appearance and the way that she looks. So I think life-giving would be my third. And the fourth, I would say, the fourth, I would say is um, faith-filled. So I'm always praying over my children. I'm praying over our house. I'm praying over them to the point where it's not like I pray for them and I, I like pray for them in my own bed at night. I mean, like I sit down in their bed. I'm not like, thank you for today. It was amazing. Please bless our home. Amen. I mean, like, I'm like saying like, I'm, I'm warding off the enemy of their attack. I'm like ceasing any, any enemy attack against my children and that it will not prosper. I'm putting on the armor of God over them. Like yeah. my children know scripture because I pray over them every night. And so when Romy gets bullied at school and comes home and says, someone called me stupid mm-hmm. and that I'm dumb and they were calling me stupid. And I said, well, is that what you think about yourself? Do you think you're stupid? And she's like, no. I said, is that what God thinks about you? She says, no. I said, what does God say about you? She says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, that I'm kind, that I'm loving, that I'm amazing, that he made me unique amongst everyone else. I'm my, 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 myself. And I'm like, yes, like that's what I want her saying. And so the only reason she knows that's because that's what I pray over her, mm-hmm. right? Those are the words that I'm speaking into her and into her life. And so now at night, she'll, she'll even like pray for herself that she has the things. When she wakes up in the morning, she's like, God, please make, help me make it a great day. Help me be kind to people. Help me be courageous. Help me be fearless. Like, blah, blah, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, the only way that she knows that is because she has a faith-filled leader as a mom in her household that's like, didn't know how to pray, figured it out. Read the book, Book Fervent, if you if you need to like learn how to do this. Read that book and start praying those things over your children. Because then when 
other children and bullies and like opposition and obstacles come up in their life, like it doesn't crush them because they can they can stand on that and that identity. Oh my gosh, woman, that is so powerful. Okay, so just to re- re- just to recap, uh, being a good mom and being intentional is number one. Yeah, kindness and patience number two. Being life giving number three, and number four is being faith filled. I love that so much. And whenever you were talking about the life giving part, I think that something that we all need to recognize, you know, I feel like there are two things that grow us well, three things really that grow us the most in life. But, uh, you know, I've always thought, you know, being married, like marriage will grow you as a human because you have to learn how to love, which means to sacrifice, which means to put someone before you. So you're going to grow as a human whenever you give marriage the work that it's due, right? And then, you know, business is going to grow you. You you have yeah. to learn who you are and how you're actually going to show up for the world and what you're going to do when crap hits the fan and it's hard and you learn about yourself and you grow. But parenting, it, it grows you in this intimate way, I feel like. I mean, all of it's very intimate, but like with parenting, like what you're talking about when you're actually coming to yourself and you're saying, look, I'm going to treat myself the way I would want my girls to treat themselves. And I'm going to model this. And I think uh, so many women out there just struggle so much with what you're talking about, with like having that confidence. And I, I think about that with my girls and I'm, I've always been super careful, even though of course I feel like, Oh, I, I've got to lose weight. I, this, that, and I see all of my imperfections before I see, you know, how God sees me, how my husband views me and how my kids view me. They think I'm beautiful. They're always grabbing my phone and, and snapping pictures of me. And they're like, look at you, beautiful mama. And I'm like, Oh, is that it really? It's, oh, you know, but that, but there's that challenge there to rise to the occasion and to truly accept myself for who I am and, and to embrace, uh, the beautiful person that I am. And then to be okay with that, because if I can't, how can I expect my girls to be? Yeah. So I always, I always say, I always say, if you wouldn't say it to your child, don't say it to yourself. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. You want to say it to your child because you're like, that would hurt them. If I told them you're so fat, you need to lose weight. If I told them that, that would hurt them. So yeah. I wouldn't say that as a mother, right? So why do I say it to myself? Right. And so if you wouldn't say it to them, don't say it to you. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's the other thing about being a, a mom, right? Is like, you're trying to model for them later in life, like what motherhood looks like for their children. And that's basically what what I try to do, right? I'm trying to lead them in the way of like, Here's how to have sex success in life, right? Like, here's what you should do. Here's what you should not do. Here's like the the ways of thinking, right? And that could be entrepreneurial thinking, or that could be like how we love people, or that could be like in their faith, right? And all these things. It's like, here's like the boundaries I'm trying to lay for you, right? And so, but what happens is when we go back and and women struggle with this a lot, right? Like that's all I do is work with women pretty much for the last, what, probably like 10 years, right? And women, this is like the tripping point for them. The tripping point for them in motherhood is that they can't love themselves how they love their children, mm-hmm. right? There's like this unforgiveness for self, but forgiveness for children. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would just say like, what do you need to forgive yourself for right now? Like the way that you talk to your body, the things that you've said about it, the things that you tell yourself in your head, like what do you need to forgive yourself for? You need to forgive yourself for it. And then you just need to move on. And if you wouldn't say it to your kid, don't say it to yourself. Because mm-hmm. if you want to give that virus to them, why are you putting it in your own body? Like, why are you giving yourself that that poison, right? And as a mom, like, how can you be the best mom that you can be for your kids and walk in confidence and love and kindness and compassion if you won't offer up those same things to yourself? Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be a better mom, like, it literally starts in here. It starts up here, literally. It starts up here in your mind and you have to take control of those thoughts. And so whenever even whenever I have bad ones too, Stephanie, this is something I put in place several years ago and I would hear those negative thoughts or whatever. I literally just started like grabbing my head like this. Like I was like grabbing something outside my temple and like throwing it on the ground. Like that is physically doing it. I literally rebuke that thought. And then I'll like say like, no, I'm confident. Like I'm amazing. Like I'm doing this thing. Like I'm enough. I'm worthy. I'm beautiful. I'm loved. All those things. And I would state, I would state those things instead because I really struggled with self-confidence for a long time. So mm-hmm. I just say moms out there, like that's the number one thing you can do for your kids right now today is start showing yourself the same love and compassion you do to your children and patience and patience. It's okay to be like, I want to lose some weight. I want to be healthy. It's okay to have all those things. But you also need to have the same patience for yourself that you, that you do with your children. Mm, that's so good for your children that's so good Kaylin 
Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. We're talking about all these really amazing concepts as far as motherhood. And I'm so curious as far as how were you raised? and What were some of the things that you experienced as you were growing up that, you know, for one, some things that you're bringing into your parenting and then conversely, things that maybe weren't so great for you growing up. So you're avoiding that in your own parenting. I'll start with the, I'll start with the great things. My, both my parents were like super hard workers. I grew up on a 200 acre farm in the middle of nowhere. I graduated with like 30 kids. Like I'm literally from Podunk. Like we call it Kentuckiana. It's where Kentucky and Indiana meet. That's what we call that whole region. Okay. Brandon didn't believe it was a real thing until he walked into Bass Pro with me there. And there's like a whole map on the wall of Kentuckiana. So it is a real place. Only you would only know if you're from the like Midwest area. But, um, and so I was raised in the middle of nowhere on this farm. Like my dad would work all day. Like my, both my parents commuted like an hour to work every single day and back home. And basically it was like me raising my sister from the ages that we were actually like, self-sufficient. So from the time that I was like seven, I was getting both of us, we're walking a quarter mile to the school bus and getting us both on the bus and starting dinner at nighttime and all these things. And my dad would get home, we'd go work on cars together and we just like work and do stuff and like get stuff done for the rest of the night, you know, and I was cutting grass for nine hours a day every Sunday, you know, with a 15 foot bat wing at like 12 years old, you know what I mean? So I learned hard work from them a lot. Like my mom's always been a hard worker. Um, even like she had like three, she had like two jobs at one time and then was like, had her side hustle thing that she was doing in like a network marketing company. And even my mom like had, was set for the rest of her life. She would still have three jobs just because like, she just loves working. She does. Um, and so I learned like hard work for them for sure. Like we were always, we always had to like keep our own on the property and at our house. Like we always had the list of to do's. We always had like this is how you participate in this household. This is why you have a roof over your head. Like it's being, it's part of being a part of this family. Like go weed eat the pond for the next two hours. So I can right? imagine like, you, you weren't always like on board with this, right? Like as a kid, I know you knew you had to do it, but did you have resentful attitudes and frustration oh yeah. around it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is where like me and my mom always butted heads over this. Like my dad told me to do it. It was more like, Okay, yes, sir. Like I'll go get it done. You know, my dad would come in with like the the full sweep. Um, but my dad died when I was sixteen, and this is where like mm-hmm. then everything kind of turned over from here, where it was like I was closer to my dad, and he was more of the one that like if dad told me to do it, like if mom told me to do it, I would do it, right? So a lot of things I would push back on and give lip on and whatever. And it took like one time if he like put me up against the refrigerator and was like, "You don't ever talk to your mother that way," and I was like, "Yes, yes sir. sir. Okay, like got it." Sir, Captain, sir. When my dad died when I was 16 and he had had cancer, lung cancer, both my parents smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, like my entire life. And he had had lung cancer and then ended up committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And so when this happened, my mom and sister kind of just like spiraled, you know, out of control. They're very similar personalities. Me and my dad are more similar personalities. And then I felt like I was like now upkeeping everything. So I felt like when I was 16, I pretty much didn't even have to, I, I felt like I didn't have time to grieve anything. 
like there was stuff to do. There was grass to cut. There was property to keep up with. There was, you know, things to do around the house. There was a list. There was a list of to-go items, right? Like all those things. And it was like, my mom and I never already didn't see eye to eye on stuff. And so then when that happened, it was like the authoritarian in her just like fully came out, you know? Wow. And yeah. Which I understand because also having a thir- a 16 year old and a 14 year old that are going through this and she's in a grieving process. And so then we were like lashing out because we're 16 and 14 and don't know what to do with our lives now. Right. And like all yeah. this is going down. And so like full authoritarian mode just like kicked in. And at that point, I'm an eight personality type on the Enneagram. Like I, I will like go to war. If someone's like, let's fight. I'm like, dude, I already got my armor on. Let's go. Like <laughs> yeah. you're going to die. Right. Like if you know any eights, you know, it's like, it's like, and me and Brandon are both eights. So it's like a nuclear war zone in our house sometimes, but it's like, that's how we communicate. And it's weird to other people, but it's like, I don't know. This is just how we like get stuff done and we love it. And so then it was like, it it was very much, um, guilt stuff. Like do it because I say, do it because I say so like, and all these things. I was just like, I mean, I don't have to like, I, I, and I would just do it because I know it needs to be done, right? Like I I take responsibility for things. And it was just like all of that season of our life and all that authoritarianism. And it was like, I just like, don't want to raise my kids that Mm. way. Like, I don't, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to talk to them like that. And I don't blame her either. Like, I don't blame her. I like forgave her for those things. It was like, I don't blame you. If I had a 16 year old, a 14 year old that were like, had the attitudes that we had then, like, I probably would have ended up the same way. Like, no yeah. lie. Yeah. Um, but that's just like the 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 negative side there that I think when I hear it come out of my own voice, I like, you know, it like almost makes me clinch up because mm-hmm. I hear it and you never want to get in the pattern of doing it so much that you don't hear yourself like sounding yeah, like your parent in a negative way where you're like, you said, I never want to sound like that. Don't ever get yourself in so much of a pattern where you stop hearing it. And some of you right now might be in that phase where like you've been doing it so long and just kind of like now it's normal that it feels like you can't retract. But I will tell you that you can. It took me about two years in with my daughter to be able to be like, I'm like retracting this. And day by day, it went from like 100% sounding like that to like, the next day be like the next week be like 90% sounding yeah. like that. And then the next day was and then the next like month was like 80% of sounding like that. And then three months later is like 70% of sounding like that. Right. And so eventually I was just able to peel that back, like one conversation with her at a time, one episode or chaotic event at a time. I've been able to peel that back where now it's like it's 10% of the time. Right. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But I think it's just like knowing like you're not just going to wake up one day and be like a gentle parent. That's not the way this works. Okay. (laughs) Does it happen that way? For some of you, it might, but I'm just saying it doesn't happen that way. So have patience with yourself and just know like every day I'm trying to move in the right direction. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Do you have the time for one more question? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, one thing that I don't actually think I've ever asked on the podcast before, but just occurred to me. So uh, I got to talk to Brandon kind of around how you guys are handling devices in the home, because that's something that we talk a lot about on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast is, man, we have an arbitrage of like, like we have devices everywhere, right? And and there's so much social pressure also for our kids to have devices. And and so he kind of talked us through that, but I'm, I'm wondering if you could talk to us about how are you modeling for your kids? Like what, how are you and Brandon thinking in your home around your screen usage, because I've talked to some entrepreneurs and they're like, man, yeah, my kids struggle, but in reality, it's actually me. <laughs> I'm the one with the problem. And I'm, I'm curious for you guys, what, how are you thinking about that in your home? Yeah. So, uh, th- this has been something I feel like was a little harder for Brandon, hard for me also, but like in a work sense, hard for him and like a leisure sense of the screen hard for me. But we realized like one night at dinner, uh, me and Brandon meet weekly too. Like if you ever want to talk like marriage, I really believe the the foundation to having like great kids, have a strong marriage, like that yes. creates like great kids. And it's okay if you're not married, but like even a spouse that you're with now or even a co-parent, like you can use these things for. But one of our weekly meetings that we have, that's our marriage alignment. We were sitting there and we were talking and we we're just like a line on them on there is, is the kids. And so we're talking about the kids and we're talking about their screens, blah, blah, and all this stuff. And I literally just like posed a question to him. Was I, like, I said, um, do you feel, do you feel like we need to like pull back 
on those things. I've been noticing recently. I've been noticing. Notice how I didn't say like, you're on your phone every (laughs) night at dinner. Notice how I didn't say that. I said, I've been noticing. I've been noticing that we're on our phones a lot of the time when it's like the time with the kids at night. We, when our phones are nearby, we're checking something here. We're sending a, a message back there. We're checking in with the team on this thing. We're sending off an email there. Um, I'm I'm scrolling a Facebook ads here, right? I'm checking Instagram messages, whatever. And I'm just like noticing us like doing it. Like it's almost like a nervous habit. Like yeah. as soon as there's a break in like excitement, it's like the phone, right? It's like, it's like this twitch that we have. The default. Now. We call it the default. Yeah. yeah. Are, exactly. you, are you just going to your defaults? Yeah, it's this default mode of like, okay, well, if my kids aren't aren't doing something or need me, or all of a sudden they're playing together, I'm going to check my phone, right? And so then we were like, okay, what if we just start putting our phone away at dinner, okay? And we put our phone away in the drawer, like on airplane mode in the drawer, and we don't pick it back up. Yeah. Like, why don't we try that? And so we did. We started trying it. And so when I would put dinner on the table, we put the phones in the drawer and put them away. And we wouldn't have phones at dinner because a lot of the times, you know, this is where Brandon, Brandon, this is where Brandon was the problem. I can say that. Um, uh, And he would be like, you know, working on his phone or like boxing people back or doing stuff like during dinner time. And so instead, I was like, what if we like pose questions to the kids like around Mm -hmm. our family values or our mission or not just like, what did you do at school? What did you learn at school today? But like, what was the most exciting part about school today? What was the hardest thing about school today? What is something unique you learned at school today, right? Like posing her different questions um, and really getting like conversations started as a family to where we're actually like talking to one another, you know? Yeah. And so, and then we were just like, well, what if we just like leave the phones in the drawers for like playtime with the kids after when we go on walks? And so now it's like, we legit don't have our phones from like 5.30 when dinner goes on the table until I put my two-year-old down at like 7.30, eight o'clock, eight o'clock usually. Um, we don't have our phones. And so we go on walks without our phones, which is weird for me because I'm like, oh, I want to Instagram the walk. But I'm like, who cares? Right. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> like that's like a like a, a nervous habit of like, you know, I just like have to have my phone because it's like my security blankie. Right. It's like my freaking pacifier at this point. And so we leave the phones in and we go outside and we play with them. And there's no phones like we like we are not allowed to touch the phones for hours. And it's it's been such a blessing to us because now even like if I'm like, oh, I'm just bringing my phone so I can like take videos of the kids on the playground or whatever. It's like I'm experiencing life with them now without a phone screen in between us. Yes. Like even if you're like, oh, I just use my phone to like video the kids while we're on the walk or like while they're on the playground or while they're swimming or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're experiencing this moment through a phone screen to show other people that legit probably it's like, oh, cool. She took her kids to the pool today, but like, they don't care like you care. So why are you sacrificing that moment of like being there, being present with them? And like, there's no barrier between you and them and what's happening. Like you're legit putting a phone screen in between you. And so I realized one day, I literally had the revelation that like, I'm experiencing life with my children through a phone screen. Mm. And Mm -hmm. instead of seeing it with my own eyes in 2020, I'm watching on a screen as I'm recording it. That's how I'm participating in their life. And I was just like, how sad is that? Like, that's sad, Kaylin. And mm-hmm. so I just said, I'm going to stop doing that. And those things are going to be for me. That'll be in my memory. If I want to take my phone out for a second to like video something, then it goes straight back away and it's still on airplane mode. But at that time, like it's time to be intentional with the kids. And maybe sometimes you're like, and the thing that happened with us, especially with our four-year-old is like, well, what do we do in this time with the kids? Right. And so we like set things up and like plan for different things. We have a list of things that like we could do. Hey, we could go on a walk. We could go play on the playground in our backyard. We could swim. We could do hot tub time. We could play a game as a family. Uh, what's other? We could do hooked on phonics with Romy, teaching her to read. Oh, she loves it. She loves that. We could go up to the other playground. We could go across the street to a little food truck park and get ice cream. Like make the list of things to where you're not like, okay, what are we going to do tonight? And they're like, I don't know. So we're just going to sit here on our phones instead because we can't think of a better yeah. idea. Like, yeah. what's the thing that you're going to do that doesn't involve technology? Right? Yes. Make the list. So then your default can be go to the list and look for an idea instead of go to the phone and like really wish that time with your children. Yes. And I, I want to tell you about something and also everybody else listening. Um, if you go to the show notes for the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, you actually, I have a link out over there for a discount for an awesome thing that we actually have in our house now. And I'd highly recommend it's called the RO box. 
And um, essentially it's this beautiful box. They've done a, like a great job. And and we used to make these out of shoe boxes. I don't know, like seven years ago, I had a shoe box and we would poke holes in it and put the wires through the shoe box. And that's where the devices went. We called it the connection box. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody took that idea, like they had their own idea and like created this incredible box. And you bring your phone, you put it in, it's called the RO box. And whenever you plug it in, it, it's actually Bluetooth. So even before you plug it in, it recognizes that the phone is within a distance of the box and it has an app and it actually tracks how much time you've actually redeemed to be with your family. And then whenever you go to get your phone out of the box, it says, Hey, that's awesome. Congratulations. What did you redeem this time for? And you can put I self-care. I took a shower or, um, I went for a walk or I played a game with my kid or, and there's all these different options. And what's so cool about it is it actually quantifies that for you and gives you like these reports. Look how much time you've redeemed back in your life that maybe you might've been spent scrolling or looking at something on your phone. And I just think it's such an incredible device called the ARO box. And it's just so awesome. And, and so you guys are creating your own version of that. And I think that's so, so cool that, you know, you're, you're navigating on, on that side of it too, because man, kids are sponges and they're watching what we're doing. Yeah, right. And we hold each other accountable too. Like one of us will be like, oh, like I just have to real quick. And I'll be like, ah, 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 ah. like, you know, don't touch the phone. And then like, I'll, I'll say to him, oh, I just need to look up what that thing was called. I'll be telling him about something. I'm like, oh, do you want me to read it to you? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, let me grab my phone and be like, oh, no, guess you're not reading it to me. Like we hold each other accountable. And even like our kids now will be like, daddy, no phone, time to put it away. And so it's cool because it's like, we, we extended that to her. Obviously our two-year-old doesn't like, doesn't know how to communicate that yet but even our four-year-old like gets honest and holds us accountable because like we talk about as a family of like this is a goal that we have as parents and this is what we want to do so I think it's very important to talk to your kids about why we do what we do why we're making this decision why we've decided to do this right so now she knows it's important to us so she's like the best one at making us like stay accountable to it for sure oh yeah oh yeah a good, good four-year-old trait there is like, I've got, uh, you said that. Okay. Yes. I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> um, well, what I would love to do is if you take a minute and um, just for everybody who's listening, if you have any encouragement that you want to leave parents with who are listening, you know, predominantly some entrepreneurs, maybe they are, you know, uh, struggling in their parenting or maybe they feel like rock stars. I don't know. But if you have any encouraging words that come to mind that you could leave them with, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So I would just say like in my in my total of four years of parenting, because I know nothing, <laughs> you guys, um, I'm figuring this out every day. But I would just say, um, especially as entrepreneurs, like there's seasons of life. OK, there's seasons that you're going to go through where business is harder and it takes up more of your time. And you can't, you're not going to have time with your kids like you want to, or you can't do the trips that I'm talking about or have the Saturday thing because like you're putting out fires in the business or you're in explosive growth mode. And you just have to recognize that and give yourself some grace, like give yourself mm-hmm. grace for those times of, of like, I'm not doing enough or I'm not spending time with my kids. Like, like Kaylin's talking about, or I'm not able to put my phone away because I'm, I'm having to deal with stuff or whatever. And it's just like, recognize it as a season and give yourself grace for that season and just be like, okay, like this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. How do I start putting things, um, systems in my life? Or how do I start putting boundaries in my business to where I can get some of this time back? Like, how do I start moving in that direction? But it's okay if you're in that season right now. And later, like, you know, a year from now, I might be back in that season of where everything is like crazy and chaos in the business. And it's not right now, but it might be, right? And so recognizing it as a season and just saying like, okay, this is a season for this. And then communicating that to your kids. So like communicating mm. to them and be like, listen, in this season right now, this is what's happening in our business. This is why like mommy is having to do what I'm doing. This is why I'm having to sacrifice this time. This is why like, but there is light at the other end um, and there is another side of the tunnel. And you can't just say that to them and never come out of it. You actually have to do the work to put the systems or the boundaries in place where that can happen for you. Or there might be the months where you're just like, I don't have the time right now. But you need to be open in communication with that around with your children so they know the expectation as well. Because especially if you go, if I go from like what we're doing right now to all of a sudden being busy all the time and not having the time and never communicate to them, they're going to think it's a them problem. And they have to know that it's a business problem, right? And mm-hmm. some, and most of the time, most of the times we never give our children credit for how smart they are and how much they understand. And um, I can tell you, if you start talking to your kids like they're an adult and they understand like an adult, 
um, mm-hmm. you, you would be massively surprised at what they're able to actually conceptualize in their mind and understand. And so talk to them like they're an adult. Explain it to them like there's someone on your team and just say, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going through. This is a season. Here's what I'm expecting to be out of this season. And we're going to plan a big trip at the end of this. Okay. And so just communicating that, being in seasons and knowing and just saying, like, I'm going to give myself grace. You're not measuring yourself up against Kaylin. You're not measuring yourself up against Stephanie or Brandon or any of the other people talking. Like, do not use other people and their parenting as a measuring stick for you. Mm -hmm. You will always fall short. That's the other thing I've learned is when I was comparing myself to other moms and other things, it's like, I'm going to always fall short of that because that's not what my life is. So in your life, in your measuring stick, put what your measurements are. Like, if I'm a good parent, if that was a great question you pose, like, here's what my categories are. Am I doing these things? What, how would I rate myself in each of these areas where I am right now? And how can I get stronger in them? And so stop measuring yourself against other Instagram parents and just say like, in my life, what's important to me? And how do I want to be a good mom? How do I want to be a good dad? And then measure yourself against your own standard instead of other people and their lives and their Instagram feed. Mm, (laughs) That'd be my encouragement. Oh, that is so incredible. So, so incredible. Kaylin, I just want to thank you so much for coming on that. You've dropped so much incredible parenting wisdom, four-year-old or not. I know you got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. The the reality is, is that entrepreneurs and and high achievers, like it's, we're always looking for wisdom and advice and drawing and pulling in. Brandon was talking about reading these books and y'all are reading books and you're intentionally meeting together and you're, you're looking for the wisdom. And so you're, you just, you just brought it. And I just thank you so much. So for everyone who's listening, where can we, how can they connect with you? What's your new thing? What do you, what do you got going on? Where can we direct people? Yeah. I was just telling you about this before. Well, you can find me on Instagram. It's just Kaylin Pullen, K-E-L-I-N-P-O-U-L-I-N. Call me Lynn Lynn for sure. Sure. I know it's so funny. I end up with two Lynn's like in my name. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, but I'm actually launching a podcast right now called The Encourager. And it's going to be spelled like encourage, encourage, G-H-E-R, encourage her is what it actually looks like. Um, just look it up by, by my name. But um, the, I, I really feel like this podcast, its mission is to help women laugh in the face of discouragement. And I really feel like over the past, I don't know, year and a half, two years, every woman I talk to, every person I meet in person, every like every conversation I'm having, there's just like this cloud of discouragement over us as women. Right. And in a lot of the areas and one of them being parenting, right, or marriage or just like being a woman, being a friend, being a family member and all this discouragement or in your career or in your business. Right. And there's just been this cloud of discouragement over women that I just want to help lift like through my own stories, deepest, darkest secrets that I never want to tell anybody. It's like, well, in isolation, that's how we perish. Right. It's like when we're isolated in our thoughts, thinking we're the only one thinking nobody else has these struggles. Nobody else knows what I'm going through or I'm too afraid to tell someone else I'm going through this. Like those are the conversations I want to have, because I really feel like if we can get moms and wives and just women as a whole, like out of this cloud of discouragement, like we can like do so much, but enemy wants to keep us like all tiny and afraid and scared and we're not enough. And like, what happens when we like walk into our empowerment and we actually like operate in it every day. And so I just like, I, I am excited for it. I did not want to do it. Okay. This guys is like something God's calling me to do that. I did not want to do. I feel like Jonah and the whale right now. I'm like (laughs) trapped in here and I know I need to. And so I'm just excited to like help women get up off the couch help them like start seeing themselves for who they are, help speak in life, being life giving over themselves um, in all areas of of womanhood and every role that we play, because it's a lot of roles that we play as women and a lot of expectations that we have. And how do we navigate that without being discouraged and overwhelmed and stressed out and like not ourselves and moody and crazy and like all (laughs) over the charts on a daily basis? Like how do we navigate through those things um, while being encouraged and giving encouragement to our children, to our spouse, to our friends, to our family members? Um, So I'm I'm really excited for that. Ooh, I will be one of your first followers. I cannot wait for that to be released. So guys, go check out Kaylin, connect with her on Instagram. And Kaylin, thank you so much, girl. I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing all of the things that you've got going on because you're a powerhouse. And I know that, you know, it's important to know that we're not alone in all this, mm-hmm. right? We're all yep. at the at the core. We're humans trying to figure this whole thing out on this incredible journey we call life. And everything you've shared has been so impactful. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. 
Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it, and you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.